The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Tonight, we're taking a break from aerial wargaming to talk about a more prurient topic. We're going to talk about your mojo. Yeah, baby, that's right, your mojo. Well, before you get all excited there, and, and we, we can tell that Chris is way too excited about this topic already, uh, we're talking about your hobby mojo, to be precise. You know, what keeps you motivated to keep you hobbying, to keep you going, even in the dark days of no releases from Warlord or Oompa Loompa Miniatures coming out in metal. All right. Tonight, I'm joined by the man who is the fastest dresser from texting, I was naked in bed to being live on the podcast. Brett, how's everything down in Jacksonville? Uh, we're recording tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> Honey, I'll be right back. Now, thanks for joining us on short notice. Uh, but speaking of short, we've also got Chris back on the podcast. Chris, good to see you, my brother. A short joke, man? I mean, yeah, come yeah. on. There's, there's five million directions you can go in. You went short joke. I went short. I, I went short. <laughs> you're, you're, it's, like, it's, you're like an inch taller. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is that one inch. Uh, one inch makes all the difference in the world. Uh, yeah, but you know, that. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, it's got to be this far. But, you know, not to just leave it with the short people, but the rest of the challenged individuals of the world, we brought Matt back on. Matt, how you doing? No, oh, not so bad. How are you? Oh, doing great. Now, I will I will tell the audience that if tonight's episode sucks, do not blame me. I am nothing but the paid talent who's not paid a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> I did not write this episode. In fact, I hate hobby progress. I hate hobby mojo. I hate talking about hobbying in general. I'd rather talk about shooting airplanes down. But this was a brilliant idea from the rest of the podcast and all the other members and Matt, thank you for writing the show notes for this. I take well, it's no, no problem, but I, I also uh, Steve actually shares most of the blame. He was the one that suggested it, and then is conveniently not here to talk about it. You know, I did notice that it was Steve's good idea that I tried to immediately shit all over. Um, but you guys convinced me to do it, and uh, yeah, Steve's not even here. So thanks, thanks, Steve. Really appreciate it. Oh, and and while I'm giving shout outs, let me just get this one out of the way right now. So. Sometimes wargaming is like fight club. You know, you're just not supposed to explain it to your spouses. So this shout out goes to my good friend, Tim, my friend, Tim, who's married to my coworker. So I got to share this because this is when the, uh, the hobby world becomes way too small. Now, Tim and I have never met Tim. I'm calling my good friend in air quotes uh, because apparently he's a wargamer. Apparently uh, he listens to podcasts. My coworker, who she's a remote worker like me, and we do a lot of virtual Teams meetings, she walks into their home office one day and hears my voice coming out of his computer speakers. And literally all she can say is, what the hell are you listening to? Because in her mind, why is her husband on a Teams call with me, her boss? 
so after after much back and forth, he's like, you know, it's just this new podcast I started listening to, uh, Lead Pursuit Podcast. And she looks at him in the most condescending way possible goes, that is my boss you're listening to. So thanks, Tim. Thanks for making the wargaming world entirely too small. <laughs> All right. Well, enough sharing and oversharing of my life, but let's talk about what's coming up in the schedule. Uh, Siege of Vicksburg, which I guess I'm the only one going to, even for the third annual Steve Toth Memorial Blood Red Skies tournament. That will that's, probably that's be Virginia, right? Shut up. That joke never gets old. <laughs> Poor Steve, not even here to defend himself about that. Uh, okay. BRS tournament is on the 18th, Sunday. The con has a social hour on Friday, but goes Saturday, Sunday, then Monday, being that it's the President's Day holiday. Uh, so show up, play some games. We're going to demo some Jet stuff again. We're going to do the tournament, and whoever wants to show up and play, play. And maybe like last year, I'll come back with a new game to get you know Matt and Chris painting up miniatures for that I'll only do like a handful of. So <laughs> no more games? You guys don't want more games? God, bunch of quitters. All right. Uh, Winners, I'm the only one that's painted their Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures. Thank you very much. That is not true. Matt, what what is Matt? Matt has painted four. (laughs) I have painted three. I'm not retired, you jackass. Three. (laughs) No, this is difference. You're not a house mouse. Let's let's clarify for the audience at home. You're not a house mouse. Uh, that's fine. Now everyone has an image in their mind of Chris in a French maid outfit airbrushing Marvel Crisis Protocol figures. That's a disturbing, disturbing image. I, and I don't it, want to burn that out of my own mind. You're not going to yeah, get that out exactly. with bleach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, uh, Adepticon, we've beat that dead horse. Uh, if you don't know that it's 20 to 24 March, um, either you're a loser who's not going to go or you're someone that has a life that doesn't live in your mom's basement and was planning on going um yeah i don't know where that puts us but show up blood red skies aeronautica imperialis bunch of other stuff uh drinking beer hanging out uh, chris doing some airbrush classes that are not airbrush 101 foot stomper um and uh it's gonna be a great time uh so let's see after that um yeah all kinds of churn about this next one historicon i won't talk about it there may be an episode about it uh, apparently a bunch of the board swapped over I don't know if it's voluntarily, involuntarily. Otherwise, oh, oh Brett's showing up little airplanes. Um, those look good. Uh, we'll be there. At least Steve and I and Roger Garish will be joining us from the UK. Uh, we'll stream some Blood Red Skies. We'll play some Jet stuff. Uh, maybe even play a new game from Warlord Games about tanks that will be coming out that people might be involved in. Uh, so we'll do some of that. Won't be at Twisted Lords. We've covered that before. Sorry, John Russell. I apologize to him in person today uh, and said, I love you, but um, no, we're not going to be there. Uh, and then, you know, the guy writing the show notes threw in NashCon. I don't know, man. Matt, are you going to NashCon? I'm going to try and go. I, I've got okay. some brownie cookies right now. Brownie cookies. Whatever. I've got <laughs> what, some brownie points. Mean? <laughs> Look, I'm hungry, okay? Anyways, uh, it's in our backyard. I, yep. I'm i going to make an effort to go. I've, I've got some brownie points I need to spend, and uh, that seems like a good target. All right, so 15 to 18 uh, or something like that, 16 to 18, uh, August. Uh, oh, it is right in our backyard. Quick, easy drive. Great event. Uh, the HMGS guys up there throw an awesome event, and they're super welcoming for stuff other than just historicals. So there will be Battletech there. There's 40K, AOS, all that going on. Uh, no clue what we're doing, but I know they love when we host a BRS tournament. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, the last year we went, they 
uh, all the boards were gorgeous. Like for every yeah. game that, that we walked around, the the bolt action was, was the I think they did a Pacific Theater that they later repurposed for some version of a, a Vietnam game. Right. I mean, it, it just looked gorgeous. And then the Marvel Crisis Protocol looked like an entire city. It yeah. was, it was yeah. really pretty. They always have a good setup up there. And, and as we've joked many times about the aerial war game of bombing Ploesti, the most beautiful targets and miniatures that took four hours. But hey, it was a beautiful game. Uh, so so you won't miss out. You know, there's always always good stuff up there. And then uh, last but not least, as we've said, fall in uh, TBD. Uh, going and freezing our nards off up there uh, in the Great White North, but should be a good time. Other events on the schedule, I know probably won't, well, it won't make it by the time we drop this podcast, but Chris, you guys are doing a heresy event down in Birmingham this weekend. Uh, that will probably yes, just go on by when, uh, when this podcast hits. Uh, anything else, any other regional conventions or events that people are wanting to talk about or go to? Brett, anything down in your neck of the woods that's uh, piquing your interest? I know nothing. <laughs> He's no help. No help at all. Uh, it's all right. Okay. So let's uh, move over to the flight line and talk about what we've seen in the way of new kit. Couple of things coming out. More bombers uh, from plane printer that are lead pursuit exclusives. You saw we had two Canberras uh, previously. Now we've got the B-57 version. So if you need to do your Indo-Pak wars and you need Canberras that are B-57 US variants, those will be coming out. And as will have already been seen on social media by the time this episode drops, a beautiful F-105 thud uh, from none other than Steve Toth and Blue Falcon Hobbies. So that will be coming out. Another one of our Century Series aircraft. Uh, and it will help out for a lot of the Vietnam scenarios and other things. So get a one two hundred highly detailed, super whiz bang resin printed F one hundred five, and they're printing when, uh, as I speak. When's Steve going to finish the A four? You'll have to ask him because I think he doesn't care. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he gosh. doesn't love your A four. He doesn't no, love A fours like everyone loves A four. No, 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 not the way you do. How many kits do you have still? Ten. You sold from twenty down to ten. Or is it? Or is it? 14? I'm actually only down to one one forty four once, and I'm keeping those. I don't for believe you. You are a liar. <laughs> for fifteen millimeter games. All right. Uh, anyone else see anything cool they want to talk about out there on the interwebs or being released miniatures or game wise? Good. All right. So we're going to move on real quick uh, to a new part of our show a new branch we'll say we're going to talk to intel no we're not talking to matt uh we're talking some real intel here good good dirt uh we're going to talk about rules changes uh that are coming out in a couple war games whether it's ai blood red skies missile threat or anything else associated uh tonight we're going to talk about an interesting one for blood red skies real quick so whole lot of churn for the last few years over the home advantage card and if everyone remembers, this is the card that allows you to, it's a theater card, discard a boom chit, make it go away. And it started off as a card that was a discard. So you got to play it every turn. Um, imagine that in an open deck kind of setting. Uh, then in 2021, it became a remove, which I think most of us breathed a sigh of relief. Like, oh, thank God, someone can't throw away a boom chit per turn. Uh and then in 2022, it came back out as a discard. So flip-flopped back and forth. And, and kind of everyone, I think, thought that remove was going to be the way it would go. Uh, 
But I know, especially guys like Brett playing campaign games, that can have a huge impact. I mean, that comes up as a theater kind of specific card for Battle of Britain uh, in some of those uh, some of those suggested theater card lists. So, you know, whether that's throw away one boom shit a game or one boom shit every turn, that that probably makes a big impact in, in what you guys do, right? Yeah, that would that would have a pretty substantial impact, right? Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever ever ran into it in any of your your campaigns, having to figure out which which version you were playing. Yeah, I don't I don't know that Steve ever pulled that one, not <laughs> once. Poor bastard, he should have. I always get I always got hit with uh, supply shortages or something yeah. uh, every yeah. time. Yeah, another one where you're like, thanks, I get jammed with a boom chip right at the beginning of the game. Um, but yeah, so it, it could have a pretty strategic impact if if the rules change it. Uh, and the discussion has come up before. So it came up in 2022, came up again last week. Every time Andy has said, no, it's it's supposed to be discard. You're supposed to be able to play it once per turn. Um, and then I think we'd all kind of had enough this week. And at least uh, Mark Barker rebelled. I rebelled and said, this just doesn't make sense, guys. Um, but. It also didn't make it in the errata. So there literally were three versions of cards out there. There was a discard with no date. There was a remove with a date of 2021 and a discard with a date of 2022. Uh, so if you didn't own all of them, it was hard to know which was the most current. Uh, Andy did come out and several times say he wanted it to be discard. He waffled a little bit as we were looking at current versions of the card. But as soon as he realized that uh, Warlord had in fact printed a 2022 version, uh, or the latest version they had on file was the discard that sold him on. That's, that's the way it's going to be. So um, whatever water under the bridge, the reality is there's two cards, two versions of the cards floating around. So we're going to continue to use the remove version in our, in our uh, tournaments uh, simply because it's a, is a good thematic card. It allows people that are playing the defender role to have a theater card that allows them to discard one boom chit anytime during the game. Uh, but we also make it clear that we're not going to use in the tournament setting uh, in the band list, we put the discard version. So if you're coming to a GOE event, if you're coming to a lead pursuit event, just understand that you'll see the, uh, the home advantage card on the battle of Britain table for the defender. And that means he can only discard, he, she can only discard one boom chip. So uh, play that. Yes, sir, Mr. Cantor. What can I do for you? You know, it's, maybe it's a little holdover from our previous conversation about house rules, but you know, it might be fun in a campaign setting if you pull that card that maybe you get a buff to your, you know, bailout and uh, crash landing rolls yeah. or something, you well, know? And there's a, there's a derivative of the card called can't remember what the name of it is now. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but it's a Russian-themed card, and it allows you, when you exceed your boom chit to you know, airplane threshold, it allows you to make a pilot skill roll on your highest pilot and and get a boom chit back. So there's some some other interesting ways to do things. And, and like you say, you could you can house rule something neat that um, when you have the home advantage, there's there's other things to uh, to do rather than just throwing away boom chits. But like like any game, we're going to go through revisions. All I ask is, please, Andy, put things in the errata, because then I don't lose my mind trying to keep track of it as a TO. Um, but not a big deal either way. Other thoughts on the Home Advantage card? Of course, Chris right now is saying, Home Advantage card? I haven't seen a Blood Red Skies card in over three years. Not true. 
I put a bunch of them in a box yesterday. It's right here. <laughs> Called the trash and I'm can. Nail them all to <laughs> Brett. <laughs> I, excellent, so excellent. I don't actually ever remember seeing the card. Maybe I just didn't pick it for whatever reason. But like, did it ever? Has it come up in a GOE tournament? Or did it? It has, and. Uh, it's been argued a couple different ways, but the, I, I think all of us kind of said when it came up, we're like, this makes no sense to be a discard. This has to be a remove. And then it, it was changed to remove. Um, so we'd always played it as remove. And the, the hilarious thing is, um, there was, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. I want to say it was last year's GOE that it had actually changed back. Andy had said, I want it to be a discard. Um, and the guy that played that table. I didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. It was it was this question to see how it would get played, and and they only played it as a one time use. So well, well, I think it's, that's what everyone assumes it would be. Why would I get to get rid yeah. of one boom shit a turn? Is it yeah, the, is it the, that card and the numbers card that oh yeah? Was always so so there's a couple things. Controversy. Yeah, we we threw a couple cards into the as we call them the band list, and it's not that they're bad cards. They're just cards that don't fit a tournament setting because they're so unbalanced. Things like numbers, where you get a free airplane. Restrictive airfields where you get to pull an enemy's airplanes, uh, you get to remove airplanes from his force. Yeah, exactly. You've been the victim of that one. That's that's not much. Yes, fun. that's the one I get hit with all the time. Well, and it's to me, it's a good thematic card for part of a campaign. It can be very frustrating, but in a tournament setting, it really can can shift the balance rapidly. Um, and so that and the home advantage uh, version. Um, so there's there's a couple cards that we sug- highly suggest people don't use because we put them on the banned list. But at the end of the day, if you want to do a tournament that's a different format than ours, we're not going to show up and melt all your little resin models down. Do do what you want to do. Have fun. Um, don't that's a lie. Doug will show up with flamethrower. No, no, I will not melt your resin models. I might show up, handcuff you to the table, flog you with a wet noodle, and say you should never do that again, right? In my Adeptus Sororitas costume, right? Now, there's an image everyone really didn't need. Well, now I'm going to have to drink more. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I think we've really beat that dead horse. So uh, who wants to talk Hobby Mojo? Do we want to start the main part of the show? All right. Well, yeah. Yeah, we do. And and because Matt wrote these show notes, I'm going to emphasize that again. Uh, we're going to start with a definition, just like last episode when Matt's like, we have not defined this term. We're going to define the term. I'm a product so of Matt, my training. You, you are. You are. Um, Matt, why don't you define Hobby Mojo for us? Well, it's kind of a oh, an elusive term. What was, the, what was the word I used that you deleted that I was so mad Effervescent? About? No, that was yes, ever, No, it wasn't effervescent. <laughs> That's for things like white wine and spritzers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's – Everything's going according to plan. You're feeling good about whatever you're, you're doing, whether that's that's modeling or um, writing up a, a, a tournament list or um, whatever the, the goal end goal is. Um, in my case, a lot of times it's just building um, the model. So, like for example, Marvel Crisis Protocol is really fiddly, but I really enjoy putting it together um, because it, it really gets me in the groove. Um, with doing stuff. Same thing yeah, with like, you, you used the term there. You used hobby groove. You're in the groove, you know, you know, just to be real chill, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's all working, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's your definition of hobby mojo. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Cause Chris may differ a little bit from you there. Um, 
talking about your hobby motivation, your hobby mojo, how do you kind of put it all into one box? It's just that spark. It's that spark that makes you want to sit down at the table and do something. And, and that, that comes and goes for any hobbyist. Um, lately for me, it's, it's, it's been almost crushing. Everybody knows I'm a heresy gamer. I love, have always loved army building. And when I came back here, I got into AI and I even enjoyed squatter building, but I just hit this wall like three months ago. And it was like, I, I don't want to look at the same model twice. I, I, I cannot do putting 20 models on the desk and going through them. So and what was, you're saying it, is it, thank you, Doug, for introducing me to Marvel Crisis Protocol and getting my addiction started with those miniatures. You're welcome. You're welcome, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am glad you did that. I just <laughs> wish you would follow through on your half and you would paint yours so we could play. <laughs> Building little spaceships. Always. Little spaceships. For your other family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you're not the cool kids right playing with little spaceships. Oh. But no, it's, it is just that just that desire and that spark to sit down at the table and to do what you're doing where you're really interested in it. And it, it comes and goes for people and it, it can really crush you. And there, I've, I've walked away from the hobby for, for months at a time because you just, you just can't find that spark. Okay, Brett, I'll let you define it and then I'll be the contrarian that I'm always hmm, For me, it's just a, a consistency thing. I always have a pretty big cue under the desk here. You know, so projects that none of them are usually very big projects, but it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to, you know, so I have a prioritization of things I'm going to work on. Uh, For me, when I'm in my best like flow state (laughs) is when I'm uh, able to do something every single night, even if it's just a small amount, right? 30 minutes, an hour. That's pretty ideal for me. If I can do that regularly, that's when I feel the best. When I start getting frustrated, it's not that I'm. I'm not usually frustrated or lack motivation for doing the project. I, it's usually I get distracted. Yeah. <laughs> it's really well, no. That, that's kind of what I was going to go down is that it's, it's rarely a, not a motivation problem for me. It's a freaking hours in the day problem. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but mine is not. Um, I, I know when Steve brought up the topic to all of us, he kind of said your hobby motivation. I'm like, Shit, I got a ton of hobby motivation. I got nothing for hobby time. Um, and so I think I think what what enables people to hobby is a lot of different things, but we tend to either lump it into motivation, timing, a lot of things. And and I think there's always an interplay between all of them. And that if you don't have a lot of time, you may be motivated to get stuff, but you're not necessarily super motivated to find that 30-minute slice at the end of the evening, like Brett's saying. Um, and, to, and to, in a sense, discipline yourself to do it, uh, which, depending on your personality, either snowballs into, oh, I never get to hobby, this sucks, uh, you know, or it, in my, like in my case, bubbles up in frustration where you just turn off the work computer and you say, they owe me three days of comp time, I'm going to hobby for the next three days, you know, I can sit in front of my laptop all I want, and it's not going to help, they owe me the comp time, it's time to make little spaceships, so, pinning and gluing on my little spaceships. Like you said, it does the lack of motivation. The motivation, like your motivation, is to is going to is constant to do it. But like, and we, this is kind of moving into what makes you lose your hobby mojo is that I only have thirty minutes, and whatever the project is might look daunting, and I know it's going to take longer, and I'm not going to finish the parts I want to finish. Well, what's What's funny is night. 
Well, so that's or in that I was time, bring that it up. and that's what I, I guess I don't think that way. And I don't understand why I don't think that way. Um, because for me, just with the way my schedule is my, my hobby isn't, it doesn't feel overwhelming. I don't feel like I'm not going to be able to accomplish something in the amount of time. I just literally run out of hours in the day before I look at my watch and go, I think I'd rather drink beer or get some sleep <laughs> at this point. And it's, and it's a conscious choice. Um, but, and, and I think it's kind of a learned skill because it's like Chris and I have talked about with airbrushes. When you learn to field strip your airbrush and clean it and put it back together in two minutes, then you're comfortable with the airbrush. And like for me, the reason I don't airbrush isn't because I'm, you know, anxious about it or whatever. It's literally because it's sitting in my garage. It's exactly opposite from where my hobby space is. And I don't have a physical layout here. So I have to consciously say, no, no, tonight's not about pinning and modeling. It's not about super gluing. It's not about green stuffing, you know, mold seam lines in the, in the ships. It's going to be about sitting down at the airbrush that is, you know, a hundred feet away, the story down and in, in my garage where it's cold right now. Um, so I, I think that's, it's a, it's just an interesting difference in personalities. I mean, Chris, you churn through so many miniatures. It's easy to understand how you get a burnout that I don't get. Um, I, I, I just don't burn out on the hobby. Uh, I just don't get enough of it is my problem. Yeah. And I think, I think that's part of the difference. I'm an army painter and I, and I know I'm an army painter. I, I have to have a project where we're looking at typically 75, hundred miniatures that you're going to crank through for a project. And that's something I know a lot of the people in our gaming circles now, especially with the AI, that's just not something people do. And and, we, and it's neat because I've finally met a part of the gaming community where it's we've got more like kind of D&D gamers and one page rule guys. And yep. so a lot of skirmish type guys. And that's where I found Marine, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol fascinating because it's it's a it's a chance to just do different things. But at the same time, I know at my heart, I'm an army painter and I'm going to go back there. It was just getting myself. It's almost like clearing your brain out. And I think part of my, the big part of my lack of mojo was coming from Germany where I had a garage hammer buddy that I was playing with almost twice a week. And we were playing Warhammer. We were totally invested in heresy projects. And then that stopping cold and coming back to a community where there was almost no support for heresy. It we just, don't play space just, marines here. I know. We only have our center I just had zero. Yeah, I, I had a I had a huge Emperor's Children project, but I had just zero desire to sit down and put the hours into that. And I just started doing smaller projects. And well, now I'm and, getting queried. And, really and I can bad. understand that. It's it's funny when I look at some of my heresy stuff and I ask, why have I not done the heresy stuff? It's it's not that the project is too daunting. It's not that it's too that there's too much that I need to get done. Cause I have a shit ton of it, much like my regular 40 K. Uh, but it's like, I'm like, eh, I'll paint it and it's going to go sit over there. But I know if I paint little spaceships, me and my fun friends, yeah, not you all, my fun friends are, are going to go play spaceship games. Um, or I know if I invest time in doing aeronautica miniatures that I'm going to go play aeronautica yet. You know, you could turn the question around on me. You could go, well, Doug, why haven't you decaled your miniatures? And I go, well, it's a priority. I'd rather, I, I can play with those over there that look good enough. And these that don't look good enough to even put on the table because they're in pieces, they have to get done um, before the next game. So it's it's an interesting, uh, for yeah, prioritization, once again, for me. 
how how can I get the max number of armies on the table? But even as, um, and I wish I could remember who. Oh, I was talking to uh, Don Ayers, uh, and uh, we were we were saying, why are we comfortable with less than perfect armies? And it's because we came from hex encounter games. And our worst case is if you throw us back in our old ways, we'll play with a piece of cardboard. I'll, I'll play with my little Battletech stand-ups over there, the little fold in half cards with uh, battle mechs on them, uh, because that's what I grew up playing with. So uh, I have better imagination than all you fucking miniature people. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Just... Brett, Brett, tell us, uh, tell us your tales of woe about your hobby progress and your uh, hobby mojo. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any substantially, I don't have any big projects, right? Most of my projects are pretty modest in size. I, I call, just have I call a lot 60, of uh, 60 aircraft stripping, cleaning, repainting uh, for the furball. I call that a big project. Eh. Small uh, that's probably my biggest project. And that's the highest priority because i got to get them done by a certain exactly. time. But um, I, my challenge is I have lots of little projects. And so when I start feeling down, like when I'm not getting – you know, regular hobby progress in, I start to feel sort of the weight of like, dang, I'm never going to get to that thing. And, and, and the projects are all really kind of different. So I have different reasons that I'm motivated for each one. And when I start to get down, it's because I'm not uh, making regular progress. I'm not getting through the queue to the next thing that's on my mind. Cause I, I think I tend to like, I'm doing the decal or the panel lines now on a 60 aircraft. And I'm pretty satisfied with the way that's coming, but I'm kind of bored of it already because now it's just monotonous. It's just the same yeah. thing over and over again. And I'm, <laughs> like I'm, any, I'm kind any of looking army down. Production. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking down here like, ooh, man, I, that's right. I have that thing. I can't wait to put that thing together. But uh, it it just reminds me of like, hey, I got to keep steady working on this thing, not just get it done on time, but so I can get to that other thing that's now, you know, seem, yeah, well, it, it, it seems more interesting. That's why I've binned a lot of projects into containers. So literally, I don't have to look at the the only thing staring at me are a bunch of full thrust ships, uh, and then yes, it still hasn't been done yet. My Stormbird. So yeah, I still gotta still gotta get that uh, bad boy primed. He he didn't make it to the priming bench uh, today, and I'm afraid it's going to be too wet and cold uh, over the next couple of days. I don't know that I'll get him primed before next week. Uh, but I got a lot of little ships primed. It'd be fun to paint tomorrow. Um, so yeah, it's a trade-off. You know, I bet we're probably going to talk about some, maybe some techniques to keep yourself motivated, but you mentioned one, keeping stuff out of sight. That's not that the stuff that's in my queue. I don't have it on my desk. Very yeah. rarely. I have a few things back here that are sort of visible to me, but anyway, I tend to keep everything except the project I'm currently working on out of sight. I'll let Matt, the author of this wonderful episode, lead us through the ways to, quote, get your hobby mojo back, baby. Brett really hit the nail on the head is keeping focus on that one project you're trying to do. But like uh, Chris was getting to, like army building, that gets monotonous after a while. You're painting the same thing. And in, in, in case of, you know, space range, you're doing the same colors <laughs> two of us that make fun over of space and range. over and over again. Well, I just did it because you did it. It's imitation. It's, it's oh, flattering. I feel so yeah. flattered. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um, but it, it goes for Blood Red Skies, too, if you're doing a lot of this, like, you know, um, British aircraft or the same pattern, Navy, Air, U.S. Navy aircraft, especially, where it's the same pattern over and over again. They don't even really have, you know, very interesting decals for the most part to, to kind of break up the monotony. Um, 
if I've got something else on the desk that looks more interesting and I get a little bored, there's a chance I might never finish that squadron. Yeah, that, that's literally why I think I have uh, Full Thrust, the Stormbird, and what are these? Oh, it's my other unbuilt Marvel's, Marvel Crisis Protocol that are sitting there in the in the hobby bin. But but I literally try to keep literally one one to two projects on the desk. Um, one because otherwise it becomes more of a disaster than it already is, uh, and two then they just never get done. But what I'll say is I've gone to reach down beneath the desk and get to these. Uh, transparent bins, because if I put them in boxes that I can't see what the project is, then I, I'm never going to look at it. It's going to go into the closet of, of doom and it will never come out. So I've, I've had to label and bin my projects in there so that I know um, what's in there. Cause what's funny for me, and I don't know if anyone else is this way, it could be in the shrink wrap in the very box that says, you know, you know, basically Syrian T-62s or whatever on it. Uh, but guess what? I'm still not going to do it until I take it out of the plastic and box and put it in a bin and label it as, you know, Team Yankee T-62s. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I need to build those. So I'm, I'm curious about the queue you guys maybe keep. So we talked a little bit about how either kind of keep it hidden or semi-hidden. What is your queue? Is, is all of your queues... Of stuff to do is it all projects that have you, know, you got to get this done for a particular game or do you have like for me i have stuff that i may never play but it's like man i really want to do this thing and it becomes part of the priority but i've got some projects down there that are uh, you know something i just want to paint for funsies i guess well that's what's bumped most of my uh small armor projects is that there's no game to go with them and so like where we are right now getting ready for adepticon uh, all my terrain stuff has come back up and Chris and I were talking about it today. I'm like, okay, do I have the right number of these kits? Do I have the right number of those? Uh, I've got way too many uh, of the Spires kits. Never thought I'd say that. Uh, but there's there's a point where some of my stuff keeps getting rolled because it doesn't necessarily have a game. And I really want to build it. I mean, I really want to build some of these Cold War tanks. Um, but sadly, other projects keep pushing them. And when will I get to them? I don't know. Uh, when I stop building aeronautica terrain and having fun with that yeah that's my arena rex <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we, we all have that box of stuff that that we are never going to get to um I, I actually have an old lehman rust tank uh 40k in there that i wanted to customize and flip and you know do all the, the custom turrets and everything on and i'm never going to get there it's i might as well just sell it now um because it's a project for an army that i don't even need it over in that display case so yeah, I don't necessarily keep a queue, and I think it's part of my problem. Is is lately has just been kind of like hobby ADHD, and it, it, that's been my entire time I've been in the hobby. I get I get intrigued by the next shiny thing that comes down the pipe, and I like right now I'm fighting old world. I mean, I've got so many friends that are like, I'm getting back into old world. You know, get you two can spend thousands of dollars on shitty 1990s casts. And, and you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that that that's exactly what they did with Tomb Kings. I as would I'm, go and as I paid too many hundreds of dollars for hundreds of little shitty 1990s yeah. casts. Games Workshop <laughs> did me a favor by keeping those crappy sculpts around because yeah. that's what that's what kept me from going and buying a new box of miniatures, um, which I didn't need. Well, but and it, I'll, I will say this in everyone's defense because I, I do use the full thrust, not very good looking sculpts at all as my great example. Is there some nostalgia to some of these things? And if people have had, especially these armies, either painted and they love playing with them and they 
they, it hurt their heart when you know <laughs> the old world got destroyed. Or if they're like me and you're getting into it and you have a bunch you haven't built, and you're like, wow, I'm going to get back in and and build nostalgic kits that really don't look that nice. I could, I mean, for the amount of money that I spent on these metal kits, I could have gotten a fleet off Etsy, you know? So, um, but the point is that fleet didn't look like the fleet that I played in the nineties and that I grew up with as, you know, as the full thrust spaceship line. So there's a point to playing with old sculpts. Yeah. I mean, my cue is, is probably like Chris is just completely all over the place. Uh, I think, just this no, year, I, I find it so hard to believe based oh, on your uh, model purchases yeah. and your uh, mentor sales. Uh, no, they've been sales. They've oh, been sales. sales. Okay, sales. They've well, then sales. it's a good thing I didn't bring you any limited edition Macross models from. Yeah, it Singapore. absolutely is. Cause I'm queuing up to sell my other <laughs> Macross models <laughs> that I know I'm not going to get to. But like just this year, I was working. You didn't on some- want the big SDF one that you could buy it in like full if, version. If I had, there's version. no way I can hide that box. <laughs> like Haley would have seen it, and that would have been the end of me. I would, yeah. I would not be no longer be on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> where's Matt? He's dead. He's dead. Dead. He's D-E-A-D, just dead. dead. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, I've gone from uh, this year doing 15 millimeter sci-fi stuff from uh, based on the Machine and Krieger model kits, right? Uh, from Japan to doing what limited uh, Lieber or was it Lieber? Well, I've forgotten the name now. Li. Uh, stuff from Games Workshop Imperialis. to MCP, and then I'm eyeing trying to finish up my Italians for uh, BRS. Oh, Italians! So it's been, no, yes, well, yeah, yeah I, I I was looking through my pile today, and I had done both the uh, prim- I primed and done the that dark or the light brown and the like kind of bluish bottom to a bunch of C55s. Like they're already done. I just see Chris. That. You could give Matt all of your Italians. <laughs> I'm not giving up my Blood Red Skies planes. I will play with them someday. It's just that it's just not my thing right now. So <laughs> I just I just have no desire. I, we we talked about the biggest thing with Blood Red Skies. I just I can't stand rolling that many dice and only hitting on sixes. It just it frustrates me. You ends. you play Aeronautic Imperialis and you play and I hit on game. fives and there's a huge difference. <laughs> Got a badass in it's here. A lot, it's a lot of me. I know, I know. It's just it it I, it just doesn't appeal to me right now. But I love my models. I love the Italians. All of I you was, have worthless excuse matrices. Yes, matrices. That's the word of the night. Excuse matrices. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. All right. Well, so some of the other things you guys threw out here for ways you get your mojo back. Um, inspiration i.e. movies, books, podcasts, certainly not this fucking podcast, (laughs) or YouTube, uh, like Chris staying up until two in the morning watching YouTube last night. Nice work. Almost missing. I I, I almost did. But but that really does. That is one of the things that gives me more mojo than anything else. Guys like SN Battle Reports are the, the big battle report channels. It, it's for me, I've got a heresy event coming this weekend. I haven't rolled dice in seven months. So it's kind of like I'm doing battle reports because it's a way to refresh yourself on rules. But um, that really does do it. I mean, when you see other people's amazingly painted crap, that's the whole reason I do heresy is because everybody has a high standard when it comes to the hobby. Um, Even that it, guy it with the spark. red rattle can thousand sons army. And we all, Pushed his shit in and walked away from it after that was over. So, so I, and I, I crushed his soul, and that was it. Was that was fun? So, but yes, that so guy too. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the other 
one of the other ones was community, quote, social media. All right, uh, Matt, defend yourself on this one. Tell me how that helps your hobby mojo. So that was uh, actually me. Oh, yeah, you that, that, that was Chris. Yeah, that was Chris. Yeah, yeah, that. that was actually Chris? that was Is actually because you that see everyone else's me. nice models on social media. That that's your it's hobby not mojo? just it, well. No, when I'll I'll I say honest, social media, sad. Before Chris can say anything, I, I don't get sad. It it neither frustrates me nor inspires me. It actually amuses me because I think I've started counting the number of people who are like, here's my first model. And they put it on there. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, sure, that's your first model. Right. <laughs> exactly. Did you major in model painting? Yeah, yeah. When, when I said people stuff really motivates me for 40K and, and to some degree, Blood Red Sky stuff, 28 millimeter stuff, I guess. Yeah. I see those things and I'm like, oh, man, I've got I've to do that. That looks cool. Or like I'll see a technique or whatever that. I just think it just looks good. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I should I don't know. come up with a reason I, to do that. My brain just, just works differently because I'll see those and be like, bloop, throw that technique in the back of my brain, which means forget it. And so, you know, six months from now, after seeing the the video today on painting copper and things, I'm like, oh, i got to paint another another one of my custodies in new copper. How did I see that again? Yeah. And I'll <laughs> you know what the technique. You know what has actually been, and this is kind of social media adjacent, has been the Monument Hobbies ads. Mm-hmm. Those, for some dumb reason, have been really, really motivating because really they're they're both funny. <laughs> and then I kind of scroll through, and they're they're like mini tutorials that they have where yeah. they're less like just real quick speed painting, or I mean, they're speeding it up, so it's not really speed painting. But you know, it, I'm like, okay, all right, that looks attainable. I could probably do that. And yeah, that's, well, and and it, Army Painters you know. done that recently with their Metallics line, um, mm-hmm. and so you see just the the tweaking of a few different metallics and things mixed with metallics and that how that allows you to get some pretty cool effects. Um, but I, I'll say this is, and this has always been my complaint about social media. There will be great information put out there, but the impermanence of social media, you're like, where the hell is it when I need it six months later? You know what? <laughs> I, was, I see that video. I was thinking about this the other day and this just is not, I mean, you guys are all over me, but like to age me a little bit, it was like, I kind of miss internet forums. <laughs> where you could actually search. I could find stuff in the forums and I could find things. Those bulletin boards was awesome. Only in your modifiers. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, and I I still laugh because I, I remember years ago in the photography world, a very ponderous international organization run by a bunch of old men um, could not break away from forums for that reason they're like we don't need a facebook account why would we put our members images on instagram um but their idea was they wanted to save things for posterity so a forum was the best way and i said yeah vault's also a great way to save it for posterity um but no one gets to enjoy it then so i think there's a balance and i think um one of the things for me i have to learn to do is to make a physical record or save a, a um a link you know look at the look at the instagram uh thing go follow the link save that link so i can go back to it under hobby techniques years later and go oh yeah that's right i can i can find the video that this was linked to um, most of the I social see- media stuff i run across it it inspires me for technique stuff yeah. more than build stuff what well, i would have said I- that i would have said that except did everybody see the best Titan build ever today. Oh, yeah. The, it was the Titan hot tub, the top 
of of a warlord titan that was done as a hot tub with you know, like you know marines helmet sticking out of it and you know what marine on the side rocking out oh it was it was pretty funny i saw that and i'm like all right that that just inspired me for a build i don't know what i would do to to beat that but uh, a hot tub on top of uh on top of a titan yeah that does it I, I get, um, if there's conversations about like our our, um, our aircraft spotlight episodes or uh, sometimes battle reports or media content about how so, you know maybe something in a game works, uh, a discussion about like gameplay, not about technique, not even picture, right? That stuff inspires me to build new stuff like oh man i gotta build that tank that sounds like something cool to add to the army or you know kind of in that context so different kinds of motivations so i get in the videos and the photos like the tutorial videos and the videos or images people put up of the work they've done those really inspire me like oh man i want to paint black like that or you know something like that and then the other stuff motivates me like oh man i want to build p40s now that sound awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so what a, you're saying is if I do more episodes about tactics, you'll actually build the rest of the aircraft for the uh, furball. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm in. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was, I was going to say that's a, a double-edged sword where, you know, seeing some really cool miniatures maybe that I don't have is just going to force me to buy something, and then it's going to end up on that pile I, of chain. I used to be that way. I don't know, I don't know what yeah. changed. Maybe, maybe something budgetary in my brain changed but i i used to totally be that way and literally now i have i think indoctrinated myself and i i know the first first recent release i did this on um was when we brought the squats back uh so mm-hmm. all of a sudden when you now got these little dwarfy guys that look really cool i just looked at it, i was like eh, not gonna buy it because i i know there's so much shit in my queue it's gonna be at the end of it yeah go ahead Chris. i i have I, I can back you up on that because I have witnessed you over the years transition from the dug of not I'm going to get that, but how many boxes of that are we going to buy on initial release? Yeah. To to are you really going to make me buy that game and play with you? <laughs> you you have you have done that pendulum yep. swing over yep. the last couple yep. of years, and it's I I have well, I've it's like Li. That. I love the models in Li. I hate the rules, and I haven't even finished reading the rule book. And so I am now in this quandary of I have a decent amount of the initial starter stuff for Li, and I don't love the game right now. But that might change. We'll see. How, how play did I read I the rule book before you? Because I was building little spaceships for my other friends. I don't know. Oh, you bastard. You traitorous bitch. I am. <laughs> oh, it's, it's because I was assembling all my Marvel Crisis Protocol. That's why. No, you weren't. <laughs> They're assembled, mostly. <laughs> I've, I've been I've been reading the end and – what is it? Chris, help me out here. The end, end and the death. death. And, uh, you know, you guys all know I've got a ton, at least a cabinet full of blue Marines. But, damn, I want to paint red now. That is a big part of it. And I can tell you that I finished the end in the death the other night. One, it was like, I got up and I had 12 hours to go in it. And I was like, my wife went on vacation to her parents, but I was, I'm home. And I was like, yeah, I'll knock a couple hours up and out. Next thing I knew I'm doing a eight mile walk when I usually do a four mile walk. And I, I finished the whole thing. I couldn't, I could not put it down. And I walked away from that experience with 
I'm going to go get some heresy models out. And it is, those are the kind of things that just get charged in there. But and see, get you amped and this up. is the funny thing. So uh, I was talking to Don Ayers about this. He said, hey, probably not this year, maybe not even next year, but we need to do an LI scale Siege of Terra. And I looked at that and I'm just like, yeah, because my brain immediately went to, how's the game going to play? Not that, yeah, I would love to put that many fists and blood angels and everybody on the table. That would be cool. But my first thought was, I'm like, is this going to play like your Gettysburg games? Are we going to be playing it (laughs) one-to-one? I've always wanted to build a uh, 40K version of my old, uh, I think I was like 12, 11 or 12, and I got the Castle Grayskull playset. I've always wanted to build a 40K version. Oh, I could actually do that. Like the scale is perfect. I could build an immense... (laughs) <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. Uh, that's right. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I'm, I'm kind of jazzed about uh, Li, even though I haven't purchased the first model. But um, they're I think beautiful. It be I, I love them, and I've enjoyed the ones that I've built. Um, it's just, I'm if there's anything that's the most like losing your mojo, it's I did all the different um, uh, samples, and I just had to step back because I had to the the ones I just had to I had to break from being vested in whatever the last you know thing I painted in and go, I'm going to walk away from it and come back and look a month later and go, is that paint scheme tolerable? Or is that one that was much more difficult? Is that what I want to do for every freaking vehicle? You know, and, and walk through that. And as Chris and I were discussing on the, the ride back from lunch today, I'm actually going to go with the easier technique that I didn't really like, but it looks different than other people's Imperial fists. So one, it looks different on the table. And two, it's something I can crank out an entire army in, in in a pretty quick fashion once I get them assembled. Yes, sir, Mr. Chris. Well, I'll say with Li, and we're talking about mojo, and it keeps your mojo or what loses your mojo. I can tell you that my Li mojo went when I got the set, and and even though I knew some things were going to be included, I'm starting to read the rules a little bit, watch some battle reports, and the game's just factually incomplete. It's just incomplete. I was we gonna say. need the next. We need the next book. We need the rest of the models. I'm sorry, but you can't play Space Marines without freaking Land Raiders. I have Land Raiders, land raiders and I'm in. Yeah. I have Land Raiders. No you don't have Land Raiders. Yes, you can print them, but we don't have rules for them yet. So it's yeah. like kind of like just like I'm in pause mode. When when mm-hmm. they get it out the door and they get it complete, I'm going to jump on the train. And yeah. if I don't like the rule set for Li. I've got gorgeous models and I'll just run right over and pick up some of the epic rules that are out there and, and we'll yeah, play. We'll all play epic. epic or we'll play Absolutely. dirt side too. You know, we'll play something else with, with all those exactly. models. Yeah. It's exactly. um, we'll make it work. Yeah. To what degree did the, um, you know, like the new plane releases jazz you up to like, Oh man, I got to grab, I got to grab the thud. I got to grab a bunch of thuds and get those painted up. You know, stuff like that. Uh, you yeah. know what that I'll, I'll be honest that I had that had me eyeing my uh, F8s again, and uh, some. I think I have some A6s that Casey sent me that I'm looking at real hard now. And I'm like, hmm, I would really like to paint some Vietnam stuff again. So that's that's funny because Chris and I were talking just about this very thing that we have still. Well, you're about to ship yours off. A metric butt ton of AIM models, and I have a ton of mm-hmm. Vietnam ones that are still unpainted, mm-hmm. and now I have even nicer ones that are. Steve 3D designs that are that Casey's printed. And so my problem is I'm still literally at the point of I'm functionally with the same models and I'm not really ready to paint them yet. Even though I really want to do Vietnam stuff, I'm like, there's other stuff that's in the queue ahead of it. And I and I 
feel like I got to finish those things because I'm halfway through the fleet build. And I know if I stop painting, if I've done one of every ship class and then just don't finish out the rest of the ships, I'll be really unhappy with myself. So mm-hmm. for me, it's once again, it's kind of a discipline thing. I'm like, all yeah, right, I, I know I want to do four F-105s, but those will wait. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat. I want to finish up my, my crisis protocol stuff. I'm almost done with my web warriors. I've got, I think, Spider-Man and uh, Black Cat and Moon Knight to finish. And that's yeah. my base web warriors that I think six that I could play, you know, potentially when we get around to it. But then I think I think I think the next thing I would put on the table might be some Vietnam air, uh, aircraft. Yeah, I my MCP is over there. It'll it is the next it's third in line, which this is the funny thing. So um, the spaceships for my real friends, uh, then getting back with the LI, you know, build a unit now. So it's no longer a sample model. Um, cause that's kind of my next step is to build a unit, see what a unit looks like before I commit to every single model being painted in this, you know, this theme. Um, and you know, Marvel crisis protocol is right behind that. So the good thing is I've got, I've got the characters I care about done. Um, now I have to do the rest of them to fill out a force of characters. I really don't care about cause I gave away my Magneto. I gave away some of the other ones I liked, but that's all right. I don't have a black widow anymore. Hmm. So yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but I chris mean, does what do you know chris has got all these great characters jackass i might get wolverine painted before you get your wolverine painted my, my wolverine's painted mine's oh, done it is? yeah yeah <laughs> that's the one nice he's job, finished bitches. yeah wolverine no, I've, storm. I've got wolverine <laughs> yeah. storm uh i've got uh let's see here iron man is done mm-hmm. um i have actually I, I i spoke too soon i have not uh finished cyclops so um, well i mean he's, he's, he's the last in that He's a raging douche nozzle, but you know, whatever uh, I need him. Cause he's a team lead. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, this <laughs> kind of speaks to one of the other, like hobby getting a hobby mojo back is having an event or a planned game to oh, motivate you to get stuff out. done. That doesn't I mean, motivate me. That just stresses no. me out. It's, it's well, like I mean, all it this stress you out, but it's a good stress. A- it's getting AI you to terrain. do something. So, like for example, when we because I needed more had, little buildings, I, I need when we used I to meet like at Wednesdays at the, the game shop that closed. Like, yes, you'd always pull something new on me. Be like, hey, let's try. It would be like Korea this week, and then we oh, let's try Vietnam with the ACM rules next next week. And I'm, I was like, oh shit, I haven't finished that. So I would be like the night before, furiously trying to paint something before before uh, we met up, so I could throw it in the car and hope it was dry by the time we got there. Uh, there was a couple times I actually painted some things before work and was stuck in the back of the car. I was like, Oh, hope it doesn't fall over. Cause that's going to be, you know, that's going to be weird if it's got some, uh, a lint on it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hairy airplane. That worked for Steve and me having a goal. Like we had a game set to play at our next gathering. So we had a few months to crank out a bunch of bolt action stuff and we did pretty good. We, we both got our stuff all painted up for that. So that was yeah. a, that, that kind of helped us stay motivated. Yeah, Akon's got me charged right now because it's it's. I know that I've got a good friend coming all the way from Germany to play, and we're playing in a doubles. He wanted to play Word Bearers, and I've for years wanted to do some dark mech. And there's great new rules out, so that's what I'm doing. That's that's my primary focus right now. That and terrain is just getting some demon engines done, so that I've got something new to put on the table at Adepticon. I, I think I've always used Adepticon as that benchmark too. Whenever I go to Adepticon, I've always had. If not a new army, I, n- I never got to the point where I was doing new army sport like some people do, but at least some new 
portions of the army that have never been fielded before and you, you try to target Adepticon kind of like Doug did with his jump pack Marines that we finished the night before the game. Yeah. They're so fucking finished, aren't they? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Will you come help me get they play just as well. Eagle tonight? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, well. I think definitely having markers on the table helps. And, and that goes back to that community thing a little bit too. Having, knowing that you're going to be rolling dice in the future. And, and I know you put that, that on the, on the sheet, Matt was that, that is an inspiration knowing that you're physically going to be playing games. Cause there's a large part of this hobby for a lot of people that, they just don't get a lot of games in. I know specifically in the heresy community, there are some heresy gamers that show up every year to Adepticon Heresy, and that is the only time they roll dice. And they they will spend the entire year building an army for that one opportunity to roll dice. And I, I don't understand that, don't fathom it, but th- there are people out there like that. But it does help having that inspiration. Like we, we have just finally, I found some people here in the Alabama area that want to play Heresy. They're kind of they scattered really all like over the space state. Marines. They do. But it's <laughs> just in the last couple of days, we've created a Facebook page for it. We're trying to link everybody together. We've got a guy that is, it wants to, wants to shepherd it. He's an LVO um, Adepticon guy. He wants to get people playing. And we've already got one on the, on the, on the calendar and we're going to try to work ourselves up to quarterly and then try to work ourselves up to monthly and rotate around the state. And that is what inspires me having those weekly games. I was, I was more productive when I had a regular garage hammer buddy than I've ever been in my painting career, because it was like every couple of weeks we wanted to put something new on the table. And I I was nowhere near as prolific as my buddy Jeremy was because that, that guy would knock out a new army in a couple of weeks. But but I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm just a slower painter. He's just a really fast painter, but that does inspire you. And you end up with tons of models that way, good mm-hmm. models. And it helps you get that spark again, because the fact of the matter is if you're not playing games and you don't have events to go to, unless you're just really into painting. Well, I, I, I was going to be the contrarian there and say, there are some people that they are just, they just like to churn through and build an army or paint individual models or, or they're all about the hobby side. And, you know, I mean, before yeah, I met Brett, you, the guy who has a game store down the street, he doesn't even go to whatever. Dude, yeah, I mean, before I met you guys, I don't think I played maybe a handful of BRS games, a couple cruel seas games, and then assorted board games that maybe made did or did not have miniatures associated with it. I was just painting stuff because I enjoyed painting stuff and, you know, maybe I'll find a friend if I paint these things. What's that? <laughs> that was so mean. <laughs> that was. <laughs> but I love picking on Matt. No, I'm, I'm just teasing you. So that works. No, but I mean, really, like it. It wasn't like games were just kind of a secondary thing. I was like, okay. It, it was also like, okay, I've got to paint both sides of these so I can con a family member or a, a friend that you well, know is vaguely familiar with whatever and, the topic. And I was is also going to say, based on the fact that you're. A, a scale modeler as well. In, in a sense, it's right in your wheelhouse to paint stuff and not do anything with it other than put it on the shelf. So yeah. you don't, I don't think you have a guilt response the way some people who are only gamers and not scale modelers are because they kind of are like, well, I'm painting this army and there's no one to play with, or I don't have any motivation because I don't have a game coming up. Um, yeah. It, I, I think one of the funny things for me, and we really haven't talked about it other than, talking about Adepticon uh, AI terrain uh, is what motivates people to, to build terrain. I love building terrain. Um, I don't, I won't necessarily say I like painting terrain because 
my problem with painting terrain is I have to stop and think of a theme and go, how much of this am I building that's all going to look the same? Because um, I look over at at my terrain shelves and I've got like five, six different patterns over there. And none of it is a table worth of terrain, but it's, you know, eight bu- buildings or whatever. And it's it's something that I've played through. But I think, I think terrain is another thing that people uh, sometimes work in spurts or as Chris is doing work because we have Adepticon coming up and damn it, print my freaking wily coyote rocks i need for that board <laughs> and i that is one thing i i i really respect people that love to to build and paint and train and like customize it and do this oh, I, awesome i love it i just from, i don't from junk i hate train i do unless it's part of a display piece i just can't get into it when i painted the um was the spires for a Depticon. Yeah. Like I was, that was painful. That was actually like, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And my thing is, I wish I, I, I really wish we had some skirmish guys around here that wanted to play things like Necrobunda and different stuff. Cause one of my favorite things, I love miniature painting, but I do, I'm the opposite, Matt. I, I look sometimes online and I spend more time looking at terrain that people are building yeah. to yep. game on then I look at pieces for the game because in my mind, it's just this, it's just when you have these amazing boards, it just, and that's one of the reasons why I gravitated to the Harris community. It's all the terrain. When you go to Harris events, it's just gorgeous. And it's just, it's just built up. I mean, I can remember going to Warhammer world and seeing that gigantic rig. It was like a, it's like an ocean fuel rig that comes up out of the sea that's just built out of those little cylindrical mechanicum things. And the thing is almost six feet tall. It's got all these just walkways everywhere. And it's just like, I just want to game on that. It's, it's just the coolest freaking thing. I see people do decrement boards with like flowing lava from forges or with like cesspools that are, that are full of creatures. And I'm just that, that just that that gets me going. I, I am going to caveat that with I think part of the reason for that is I know I don't have anywhere to store it safely right now. Like I just don't have and anywhere to put it. Part I, of it. That is I'd part. have to I'd have to leave it at the hobby shop or or give it to one of you guys to hold on because I, like if I left it out, Hazel's going to grab your little hands on it and yeah. it's going to smash you in a million pieces. Told the, for years that he just you know we just need to build our own hobby store so that I have a reason. <laughs> To sit at work, yell at nerds, and build train all day, and we I have mean, a place to store all of our train, and it'll the, just be epic. And that's what we're going to do. We'll have no money because we'll be broke, but that's awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll be I, eating ramen noodles get, every day. Can get yeah. Brett and Casey here, you know. Then we, we we can split this thing five ways, and we can just go into retirement in our wheelchairs with our dice, yeah. and be the happiest old man in the world doesn't work that, that that's well. the plan that is the plan we've <laughs> already got three here we've just gotta we've just gotta get steve and casey and brett and just, so you just start, Huntsville like, referring this to as a compound um i might yeah, be out exactly guys. that all of a sudden that's right <laughs> matt's like i'm out i'm out uh all right I, I, so I will say one one, one more exception to it is the mcp train where it's like you know, a, a New York City brownstone or a very recognizable piece of some comic, um, yeah, or like the Baxter building shop. or something yeah. like that, or donut shop. That looks like the Simpsons donut shop. Like <laughs> that type of stuff. I'm like, okay, that is a recognizable piece of terrain that is almost a character unto itself. Or right. the Quinjet, that type of stuff. That stuff does actually interest me as I look at the Quinjet that's unbuilt on the table over there. F, F minus. That's why I didn't buy one. It was sitting two of them on the discount shelf 
at uh, the deep, and I didn't buy them for that reason. I, I, bought, I, I bought the donut shop just because of the scene that's in, I think it's the after trailer of Deadpool, where Deadpool's sitting in the donut talking to Nick Fury. Dude, that's, and that, that's, was, that was a rift on one of the Iron Man movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe that's what I, I, I've seen so many. I've been rewatching Marvel because we've been doing MCP and I couldn't place it. But then I remember that thing where he's sitting in the donut and then I saw that online. I was like, oh, I got to buy the damn donut shop. <laughs> so. All right. Any last parting comments about Hobby Mojo, baby? Well, I just I did want to caveat on one thing you were saying. You were like you were saying that you go on social media and you look at stuff and you're like you're like I'm never going to remember that. One thing that I have gotten in the habit of doing on my phone is I have built folders. I have right now I have a Emperor's Children folder, I have a Mechanicum folder, and when I see stuff online whether it's Instagram or Facebook, I just do print screen and take a photograph of it. And I try to, especially if it's on Instagram or Facebook, include the person's name that, that did it. I don't just take the picture because I'm not going to know where that picture's from. But I have found that I do find myself going back through like, what was, what was that gold technique I saw? And then if I'm not going to do it right there, I might be out at a doctor's office, just thumbing through my Instagram account, but I'll save it. And I have gone back. And one of the coolest things about Instagram Especially, I'm, I'm sure all the communities are this way, but especially in the heresy community, if you take the time to PM someone and say, that damn model that you converted and you painted that gold on, that is some of the sweetest metalwork I have ever seen. How did you do it? And you will be surprised the number of times you will get a one-page response that will go through everything <laughs> yeah. that they yeah. did to produce that gold because people are, people are really proud of what they've done. And I would encourage people that want to learn new techniques to paid classes are great. All that kind of stuff's great. But from a social media perspective, these communities, even the people that are introverts, when you meet them in public, tend to be extroverted when they have the safety of a computer screen between you and them. And they do want to share it in that form. And I've gotten some amazing responses from people to the point where they're, they're telling me every product they use and what their exact process was to produce that. Well, so, have you ever had a problem where those images you're saving that kind of gets intermixed with your OnlyFans downloads, and so it kind of gets a little distracting? No, because I do that all over VPN in a totally <laughs> different browser. <laughs> oh, I pulled that one off with a straight face, and I was like, "What? You did? What? You did? You did. You did. <laughs> and I, I knew it was coming. So yeah, was, you knew that yeah. exactly. You knew that joke <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going to. Oh, so yeah, what are you well. downloading? Yeah, exactly. What are you downloading again? Oh. All right. Any other hobby mojo? All right. Well, cool. Um, I do want to cover a couple of listener questions because some of the members of this podcast have not been on recently uh, for an effort for these, uh, these listener questions to come by. You know, Matt, there was a mail-in question. Uh, and literally it was sent on an envelope written uh, from Mike L. And Mike L. writes, as a former resident of Virginia, how do you feel about the city of Vicksburg being moved to Mississippi? Well, I think Virginia's uh, at a bit of a loss, um, but we've more, more than made up for it for places like Lynchburg and uh, uh, Harrisonburg and you know all the other western. We tried to ship those away, but we couldn't. It was weird. You know, it, it, it was <laughs> more of a like one-way trade type, send them away type thing, but didn't quite work out. Um, Oklahoma wasn't looking for any that. more cities. Nah, yeah. wouldn't, just wouldn't take them, man. Wouldn't take them. Wouldn't take them. 
All right. Well, I will tell Mike that next time we see him. I should see him at Siege of Vicksburg uh, this year here in another week and a half or week and some odd. Anyway, uh, but, you know, we also have a question for one of our founding members for Chris from one of the new listeners, Rick. He says, after you left the podcast, you called them, quote, a bunch of lowbrow historical gaming wannabe influencers, uh, especially after they mocked your beloved space marines, which we've done this episode like three times. Uh, so why, in fact, are you back on the podcast, Chris? Because I love you guys. That's such a weird Okay, and that, that's honestly because <laughs> I love you guys. This, this whole podcast We're not giving exists, out hugs. No this hugs. This podcast exists for one reason and one reason only. Because I took you two yehos to Akon to play Horace Heresy, and you two gave in to John Russell pulling a skirt up the back of his leg and saying, come look at my pizza. little World War II game. Pizza. Is that what pizza is? And, and pizza. And pizza. But let's, <laughs> let's, 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 at the bare bones, it was John Russell in a skirt with an airplane. Brett, in his head. Brett may have been over there giving him handsies, but and, uh, I was over there for the pizza. And 72 hours later, we were going back to Michigan in my car, and Brett in the backseat said, God, this War II aviation stuff is, looks so cool. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> I still doesn't explain that, why you're back. <laughs> but, well, I'm back because I'm in Huntsville and I, I do love you bastards. And and you also do play other things. And I do like I like World War II stuff. I've always loved World War II aviation. I was an IL-2 skirmish guy through and through. I, I flew online in the little aerial simulators forever. I am just not completely sold on Bloodward Skies. It just doesn't hold my interest over time. I love you playing. You can play plane. Check Your Six. I'm sure we can arrange for that if you go it's to one of these big historical. I, if somebody you can took, come to NashCon. I, I, I just want stuff to die. I get tired of everybody flying in every freaking direction, and I got to wait for 18 boom tits, and then we all leave the board, and one airplane's been splashed. I'm like, well, I, did so bad. That, I did all that damn math in my head for one plane to get splashed. What, so, what's the name of that you know, tournament World War One game? With oh, the uh, crosses uh, of iron, or no, 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 no. The oh, no. Um, uh, wings of glory, not that one. You, no. You, no, no, the the real fun one that Steve was. Oh, was, um, uh, uh, aerodrome. Yes, one. aerodrome. That yes. sounds what, like what Chris wants to play is aerodrome. Something dying every couple seconds. I just want stuff to die, and I think that probably comes from being a sci-fi war gamer. And one of the reasons I love heresies because shit just dies in bucket loads. I want shit to die. And I don't even care if it's my shit dying. Are, are you it's feeling okay, Chris? Do you need to talk to someone? I think he needs like, to talk to someone. No, I'm not I, I sure just, if that's homicidal ideation or no, suicidal just, ideation. I'm a little worried now, honestly. There's some ideation going on. There's a lot of violent it's, ideation. But it's, it's just not epic when you do all of that work and – Almost nothing happens, and it's just like it's just frustrating. Or like when you we do the bombing, I had so I built that up when we did the Malta map, and we we did Bretcon, and we were going to do all this bombing, and, and I built these freaking Italian bombers. And I got my torpedoes, and I make my little run into the harbor. I didn't get a damn torpedo off, and I mean I know that that is reality. This is I the first time anyone has complained. BRS is too realistic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But but I mean I do know that freaking you know, torpedo bomber was the life expectancy of freaking oh my god you, you had no life expectancy you had to fly freaking wings level in the, in the aircraft. But it's 
I just, it was just like, man. He's just bitter because he flew in high cover and I followed him with my hurricanes in high cover that as soon as he got on the board, those hurricanes dog humped his SM-79s all the way, all the way to the target. And uh, yeah, sorry. And my two, (laughs) my, 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 my other, my Italian fighters did nothing. It was like, I I even got behind her. I'm like, I've got his ass cold. And it was like. And then I do that flub rub roll and it's like, oh, <laughs> flub, flub rub. rub? <laughs> is that what it's called? This is devolving. Exactly what's going on there. This is devolving quickly. Oh, this is why we love on the podcast. Best episode ever. In short, why am I here? Because I love you, fuckers. In short, on that note, keep climbing for advantage, you fucking freaks. 